the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Markets are playing with all-time highs. Again, we're in that part of the stock market, which is pretty surreal to think about because we say it on a regular basis. Stocks are rising. The S&P 500 and NASDAQ set record highs this morning as tech stocks are outperforming. A couple weeks ago, we uh, – how do we say this? A couple weeks ago, we got a little fearful with the Federal Reserve talking about inflation. And making it a little bit more real, during the pandemic 2020, the Federal Reserve, Jay Powell, said, we are not going to do a thing through 2023. And then last week, they started saying, we are going to do two things in 2023, two interest rate hikes. And then some other Fed governors said, you know, we could possibly do even more sooner or a little less sooner and maybe a more later. Some people think it's a trial balloon to see how the markets react. The Federal Reserve shouldn't watch the stock market. But they do. We know that. It's a litmus test. It's a balloon test of what will fly, what will not fly as far as policy goes. So we've got into a situation where our Federal Reserve is supposed to fight inflation and keep us fully employed while also making sure that the stock market doesn't freak out. That has me overweight the stock market for many, 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 many years now. And underweight the stock market, the bond market. To the point of zero for many, 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 many years. That's not good investment advice. I know that. But it's what the market gives. So today, more Americans filed for weekly jobless claims than expected. We're still above that 411, 400,000 level. We were expected to be at 380,000. This is the second straight week. Labor market's not ideal, and that's bad news is good news. Oh, why do we have to have that, right? Why can't bad news be bad news? Back in 2020, we thought the economy and people dying of COVID, people being put on ventilators. Rob Black's mother died of COVID. I couldn't wait to get my vaccination when it was available because I thought it was the American thing to do. I thought it was my call of duty. I thought the economy would have been more of a wreck with COVID, but no, we have that other part of our economy, not just capitalism, but government socialism where they print money and give it to people. And I'm not trying to get into a fight with you about socialism. I'm just saying, I think it's what saved the day. It would be nice right now with Brazil and India struggling with COVID. If we could send some shots over to them more than expected, China's doing more of that than us in five, 10, 15 years when little boys are still have their moms and dads. Do you think, uh, as they turn to men, do you think they're going to like China or the United States more? Our country had a call of duty right now, and we failed to help the international allies that we helped in World War II. But I digress. Let's talk stock market. 
I think what I was trying to get at is we're at highs again. Last year we were at highs. Like it's it's nutty. Last year we had a, a ravaging bear market that lasted two weeks. And that's like being attacked by a shark and he just takes off a little toenail. Oh, he nicked me in my toenail. You're like, you, you got your legs? Like he didn't take your legs? No, no, just, just toenail. People who lost were people who panicked. Eli Lilly's investigational antibody therapy for Alzheimer's disease received FDA's breakthrough therapy designation. Shares of Lilly are up 7.7%. As we live longer in the United States, as we have more drugs and pharmaceuticals to keep us alive, our brains are like, no, 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 I'm giving up at 70. And age 70 to 90 is not great for brain activity. Alzheimer's is a problem. Old timers, as I like to call it. Eli Lilly says, hey, we got an experimental thing on this. Shares are, are reflecting that's more important than you think. Darden Restaurants. Reported better than expected results. It's increased its dividend. What's interesting about that, Darden Restaurants is like things like Olive Garden. And you're like, I don't know if I want to go eat at Olive Garden. There's people sitting right next to me. But apparently some people want to eat there. Stocks, shares are responding to that. Bank stress test results are expected to be released today. They will show you the latitude for banks to boost their capital returns. If a company like a Wells Fargo, who's just been embattled, and they're a bad example of this. If they go, you know, our credit losses are good and we feel good about our, our cash reserves. The Federal Reserve could say, hey, you could boost your dividend. You can go and, and share some of your profits with your shareholders a little bit more. We won't have to bail you out in a worst case scenario because we see that you're protected in a worst case scenario. So financial stocks could be poised for a little bit of a rocket launch this week. President Biden and congressional leaders still need to get the blessing of a package put together. But there's an agreement for a $1.2 trillion infrastructure stimulus package. Its passage is not assured. Details still need to be ironed out. One of the areas that I will be looking at to see what's going to help fund this trillion-dollar stimulus package is will it be through capital gains? Will it be higher taxes on the rich? Will it be higher taxes on the poor? Will we tax cigarette smokers? Will we tax soda smokers? What area do they agree on higher taxes? I've got a little bit of a weak breath, a little bit of a cold, but it's not COVID. And I know that because I took a COVID test. But you're saying you may not have got the COVID that was your left side of your nostril that was in your right side of it. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Bank of America voted to keep uh, – you know the newest uh, signs of COVID – because we've built up a lot of immunity in the United States. It's a runny nose, it's a cough, and it's a headache. Wow. Sounds like a lot of people are going to be getting COVID tests this fall. Durable orders increased 2.3% month to month. Durable orders are things that are like refrigerators and washers and dryers. Big old machines that we tend to spend a little bit more money on than we do for chicken nuggets today for lunch. Third estimate for first quarter GDP was unchanged at 6.4%. So our economy grew 6.4% in the first quarter. Government stimulus, thank you very much. President Biden came in and he rode the coattails of Donald Trump's couple rounds of stimulus. And Biden said, let's do a big one for the third one. That 6.4% is an awful number to me. Because that's government spending and it wasn't private sector. But the good news is the private sector, we've saved a lot. And what we're already seeing is Hawaii sold out through November. 
a friend of mine said, yeah, we're going to fly back east this fall. And uh, I said, you better get your tickets now. He said, yeah, we're thinking about stopping in Kansas City and then driving to the east coast and going up to see parents. We kind of want to have the mobility of a rental car. And I'm like, yep, better get your tickets soon and the rental car soon because there's pent-up private money that's willing to throw it around. Elsewhere in the world of news today, um, like I said, there's a bullish bias, and we've kind of put to rest the inflation's out of control that the Fed kind of brought up a little bit, saying, you know, we're watching it. It's, it's worse than we thought last week. And we're just going, okay, yeah, I remember getting upset about that, and I've forgotten it. It's a good thing to have short-term memory at times, right? But let's hope that that short-term memory isn't a situation that you regret. That's the thought there. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. I've got a YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. Facebook, Rob Black Show. Instagram, Rob Black Show. You get the idea. Find me at Rob Black Show. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Let's talk about the war. My children one day may say the greatest war of all time wasn't World War III, but it could be Apple versus Google. I know you're saying, well, that's dramatic, Rob. Give me a little bit of time on this one, okay? In Silicon Valley, there's a saying that goes something like this. The next Facebook won't look like Facebook. Eight years after its inception, Facebook bought the next Facebook, a company called Instagram. Six years later, in the year 2017, Instagram copied Snapchat stories, which might have become the next Instagram. A year later, BitDance merged its international version of Duyon with Music Lily into TikTok. Or it's, I guess, not Music Lily, but Music Lily. Seems to be the de facto new Instagram today, TikTok. Even though TikTok is not a social network, its traction was concerning enough for Instagram to copy its main feature and use something called Reels. But where is the danger for Google? No search engine ever became a threat the same way Snapchat, Instagram, or TikTok were to Facebook, with one exception, YouTube. My producer this morning on air asked me, what would your platform be if you ran for president? I said, I would put to death anyone who spam emails me or anyone who robocalls you. And he goes, who would buy car insurance that are car warranties? And it's a funny line because we've all gotten those calls. I get a call every day between nine and noon from a hotel chain, Marriott, asking me if I want to vacation for free or something stupid. I would pay money to Verizon to make that go away. That's the next future that doesn't look like Facebook. Paying for cleaner internet. Bing tries to be better than Google. Ecosia plants trees for your searches, but they provide you ads. DuckDuckGo provides you privacy, but you don't feel that its web crawl is as good as Google's. So where's the real differentiation? All three alternatives make money with ads, but you can't out-Google Google is the problem. 
Here's a new web search engine called Neva. It's ad-free, and I love it. I've been tinkering with an early alpha, and I think it, it, it makes the internet clean and modern. If I open up Yahoo right now, or if I open up um, MS, what is the NBC? What's the default website for Microsoft? See, I don't even know the default Microsoft. But I think it used to be MSNBC. But one of the things that you instantly see, it's kind of like untitled itself. One of the things you instantly see are words that like add, like refrigerate a room in minutes with this little box. And they're like, I'd like that. You mean a uh, air conditioner that doesn't use a big tube or you don't have to apply to a window or a door to suck air out of your house and cool the door, the air that remains? Like, yeah, I, I buy that. Are you t- is it like a thermonuclear? And I'm like, oh, God, it's an advertisement. There's no chance that's anything other than a glorified fan. So the ads have made me sick. I'm seeing right now you know, products for me. And oddly enough, it's all things that I've searched for. I'm like, oh, I can't even get away from that. Like, for instance, there's a, a ring light so that I could do TV with different lightings. There's a USB um, hub where you can plug four devices into one USB cord so that you don't have to use all your jacks on your, your computer. I don't know if that's something I bought. How much would you pay to, for an ad-free search engine? I'm telling you, it's going to be a thing. Um, Neva crawls the web. It strings together different APIs. One of the things it allows you to do is say, is, hey, what's your favorite news source? If you like news from NBC or the Wall Street Journal or the Washington Post, you can let us know, and that's where we'll start looking so that we're serving you kind of what you want. And they'll scan through your email and see what you kind of want, and they'll find the search engine results without putting product in front of you ever, never, ever, ever, never. I've been using it for a little over a week, and it's ticker symbol is in, or not ticker symbol, N-E-E-V-A. And tonight, let's say I want to make a chicken marsala, and I want to get a recipe for it. I Google it. I'm going to be served up a lot of ads that ultimately junk up my experience. The robocall that I get every day between 9 and noon drives me crazy. It junks up my experience. And every now and then you're like Verizon will say, hey, we've got this new uh, call filter thing. It'll filter out all your junk calls. But then you're like, wait, it's $2.99 a month? It's like, ah, I guess I'll take the worst of it. There's some truth to that, right? Apple and Google may be buddies now. And my children will remember this in years to come. It's going to be a big war. Again, search advertising is fascinating. When you use Instacart and you get groceries from Safeway, they're delivering you coupons while you're searching for what you're going to fill your bag up with or your cart up with. Amazon isn't a formal search engine. But when you're on Amazon and you search for in their little search bar for TVs, you'll see some sponsored TV product. And you're like, you may buy it. You may not even know that you just clicked on an ad. And you're like, well, this is the highest rated uh, TV. And it's no, no, no. It's not the highest rated TV. It's the highest rated paid advertisement TV. Ugh. And then you get into all these stories about paid advertisements on uh, Amazon or Bogus. And a lot of time the reviews are bought and paid for by the company who's putting the product there. The internet, and I'm talking to you, Google, Instacart, Amazon, 
Apple. There has to be a thermonuclear war on on advertisements. It's not a great experience. And every now and then you hear about Facebook wanting to launch balloons or Google wanting to launch balloons in the sky and satellites in the sky so that they can, you know, provide internet service to the poor people around the world. What they really want to do is provide services to the poor people around the world, including search engines, which has advertisers put right in the front. So here's a question. I'm talking about this new, uh, not this new, they're relatively new, a company called Neva, N-E-V-A. Um, I'm talking about it right now. And like my kids are more likely to use TikTok and see like a cool pair of shoes and want them. Where did my son, who's 10, get the idea for high tops? It had to be something like TikTok, right? Or YouTube. Because I don't, I don't wear high tops, but he wants high tops, right? Um, search is going to change. And at some point in time, Apple's going to buy someone like Neva and say, hey, dads, moms around the world, if you want the web to be clean and not with a lot of fake news or ads, you'll pay another month, a dollar a month. And like, we're not paying a dollar a month because we could use Bing or Google. How about if it's just rolled in the price of your phone or rolled into your Apple TV or your Apple Music subscription services? And the fact that it could use your news that you like to find news that you want, I'm telling you, it's a kick butt search engine. Neva, any EVA, they will be acquired. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. One of the things I hate about my industry is how easy it is to appear to be a guru. Susie Orman, also known as Suze Orman, said she's invested $5,000 in Bitcoin. $5,000 is spit money to her. It's nothing. She has a whole business of selling you credit repair kits for $79 when you can Google how to repair my credit and get the same results for free. I find her vile. I find her information to be toxic. I find it not to be intelligible, for lack of a better word. That's my nod to George Bush Jr., where it was like, is that a word? Um, and sometimes they just slur right out of your mouth in a funny kind of way. But Dave Ramsey hates Bitcoin. Suze Orman loves Bitcoin. She's put all of $5,000 into it. I think she's out of touch. I think she's wackadoodle. I think Dave Ramsey is a little bit for lack of a better word, he appeals to the lowest common denominator, which is fine. But to accumulate wealth, I don't think you give people advice like you have to pay for a car with cash. You have to pay for a house with cash. And like he, he thinks mortgages are evil. And yeah, you could probably find a passage in the Bible about usury and you know charging high fees and taking advantage of people. But you can get a mortgage now for 3%. That's insane. That's a low cost of money. Um, I don't like either Sue Zorman or Dave Ramsey. If you did one of those games, you know, who would you murder? Who would you marry? Kind of thing. <laughs> I hope I get two choices on murder. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not calling for violence or anything like that. Um, I just find some people in this industry to be bad. Like Kramer. I, I'm okay with him. He's one of those financial gurus, personal finance guru. 
I find him a little bit vile in the sense that he's older and he's trying to be hip, but I think he does some good. I think he does some bad. I don't think anything that comes out of Sue Zorman's mouth is good. Uh, I think her shtick is all about making money. So when I see a, a headline that she's bought Bitcoin, I think she's going to hurt more people than help. Paying off a mortgage. There's a story in today's USA Today. How a couple with three kids paid off their mortgage in 10 years without totally depriving themselves. Now, first and foremost, I already have a problem with this headline. Because I've already said mortgages are low-cost money. And it allows you to get a big-ticket idea. And on some levels, a lot of people are able to um, pay off their mortgage is one of those, I don't want to say great American dreams, because that's not quite what I'm trying to say. But this couple in the last 10 years has paid off their mortgage, right? And let's go back in time to, I don't know, 2011, and we'll say it's now 2021. The S&P 500 was at 1,200. It went to 2,400. It went to 4,800, not quite 4,200. It's more than it's, – it's, it's doubled plus some. So you would have got 180% return by instead of paying off your mortgage and saving 4 or 5%, you would have got 180% return on every dollar that you prepaid your mortgage. I get Dave Ramsey wanting people to pay off their mortgage, but his audience tends to be, be people who own trailers. Like I said, lowest common denominator. They're in the poor part of the country. <coughs> Excuse me. I got the black lung pop. I think I got the black lung. So, yes, I love the story of a family of three or with three kids. They said, you know, we're not going to get Wi-Fi. We're not going to have cable TV. We're not going to have new clothes. Everything's to be hand-me-downs. And, yes, they were able to vanquish that debt. And yes, there's some incredibly stupid uh, acronyms like FIRE. Financial independence, retire early. Well, everything they just prepaid lost ultimately 180% returns in the S&P 500, which is the dumbest way to invest. It's the most boring way to invest. It's the easiest way to invest. And they had a chance to get in at 1800 and ride it up to 4200 or you could save on your 3 4 5% interest rate on your mortgage. I get it. It's like people who do the accelerated mortgage programs. I, if you make me president, those are the first people I, I send to Guantanamo. I know you're saying, didn't Donald Trump want to send people with COVID to Guantanamo? Isn't Guantanamo like an evil place where we exile people to? Yes, and it's a joke. I don't want to send people who prepay their mortgage to Guantanamo. But it's a financial tool that you're saying – I don't really believe in capitalism and the stock market, even though here's a great example of a family who financially sacrificed to pay off their debt, and Rob's calling them a little bit foolish. Um, yeah, I, I think everyone should figure out how much they spend every month. I think everyone should look at their cable costs. I think everyone should look at their TV costs. I think people should look at how they vacation and, and where their money goes. There's no doubt about it. And found money to me is great money to prepay debt that's expensive. But mortgage debt's not expensive, usually. Credit card debt's expensive. Now, if you were to say, Rob, should you pay off a credit card with 12% interest or put it in the stock market? 
Because you just said rob the stock market in the last 10 years that these people didn't have their money in the stock market, that they're paid off their mortgage. Yeah, I'd pay off the credit card debt. 8% to 20% is tougher to get on Wall Street than 3%. I'm looking at another home to get off the rat race. And I would do some financing under 3% on it. Because I believe with five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars, I could do better than three percent. Is there a risk involved? Yes. Should everyone do what I'm doing? No. Is everyone as comfortable with the stock market as I am? No. But as long as we have a Federal Reserve who looks at the stock market on a regular basis, I feel pretty comfortable. As long as we don't have a social security system that is uh, a bountiful, that is plentiful, that is fruitful. We, it's struggling. I'm okay because our government doesn't have a plan B on what to do with old people when they don't have money. They got to keep stocks high, in my opinion. I know you're saying, that's crazy. That's like th- believing in UFOs. I don't believe in UFOs. There's what, 5 billion cameras on this planet and no one's got a, a UFO in a clear shot. We just get these, you know, Light flares? No, thank you. Someone catches me a a good UFO. I'll pay a million dollars for that photo. But what you're seeing in the news right now ain't UFOs. But again, that's my opinion. And you can have your opinion, and we are allowed to disagree. To me, paying off your mortgage is foolish. It may save you some money on interest for sure, but you lose money on investing. I think debt is there to be serviced as long as you can service it. I've never bought a car that I couldn't afford if I lost my job. I've never bought a house that I couldn't afford if I lost my job. I've always had six months of emergency money to pay for a house or car because I think I can get reemployed in six months is the idea. Some people will say three months. Let's say you're a doctor and you're a damn good doctor, Jim. It may only take you two or three months to find a job and then your emergency fund is a little bit smaller, but when I see a couple pays off their mortgage and I'm like, that's just like Dave Ramsey. That's just bad advice. I agree buying a trailer in a trailer park and paying 25% interest on the trailer is a bad idea. But I don't think buying a home that you're going to live in for 10 years at a 3% mortgage is a bad idea. Again, a $600,000 home versus $300,000 home, depending on how much money you make, right? And yet we live in this world where these people get an article in the USA Today in the money section about how great they are for having three kids and paid off their mortgage. They deprive themselves of living. I totally get it. But they also deprive themselves of having a better retirement by servicing that debt and investing instead of paying it all down, paying a fraction of it down and starting to get involved in the stock market. Should everyone figure out their monthly budget? Yes. Should everyone figure out what you don't need, yes. For me, it, it, at one point in my time, it could have been beer. And at another point in time, it could be things like restaurants. Later in life, it could have been things like um, spoiling my kids with video games or high-speed internet when some of their friends are like, they have the last year's Xbox instead of this year's Xbox. Totally get it. But saving money and earning money and investing money all have three different angles. And I totally agree with saving money, but I think it works with investing and earning and not just let's be cheap to be cheap.
Am I proud that they've paid off their mortgage? No. Right now, if a fire hits their home, and it could have been an electrician who was lazy. It could be a drug addict who is trying to steal copper out of the air conditioning and sparks fire. If their house were to burn down, lightning could strike it and burn it down. They've paid it off. Guess who the risk is on now? Them. When you have a $300,000 mortgage and it burns down, you walk away and guess who got the rest? The bank. I'm not for paying off a house. But again, we are different people. Maybe in retirement when your income goes down. But that's a big maybe still. As long as you can service it, I'm okay with low-cost debt. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Shohei Otani was very impressed by Kevin Gosman's splitter. I don't know anything about that. I know Shohei Otani is a thing because he's a pitcher who also hits a lot of home runs. So he's a little bit of a unicorn. Like, ooh, those don't happen all the time. I was talking to my producer. And I don't want to give his name because that sometimes gets a little creepy. Um, but he was talking about last night in the baseball game. San Francisco Giants went 13 innings. And the broadcaster had to leave Dave Fleming. I was like, I kind of like him. But one of the things I, I prefaced it, because he's worked in sports radio, I was like, I know nothing about sports. I know very little. I know a lot about soccer. And today I will be watching soccer at noon. Um, the Euro Cup, Euro 20. There is no soccer today at noon. That's disappointing when you're like, yeah. It's, but this weekend is when they hit their knockout stage. Knockout stage in soccer is better than any other sport in my mind. Other than Game 7s of hockey in the Stanley Cup Finals. Game 7s are awesome. All that in a bucket of chicken. But again, that's where I'm going to tell you, now I'm a fan. And I'm not giving advice that means anything. I can't tell you if Dave Fleming's better than Buster Olney. That's the only name I can think of in baseball. And I don't even know if that's a name in baseball. But you get my point. I will try to do you no harm on this show. Sometimes the stories will be better than others. And I know that. I think last segment one was one of the most important segments I've ever done where I talked about how a couple of three kids paid off their mortgage in 10 years. And I don't think that's they should be financial heroes. Unless you could say that they also put money in the stock market at the same time, then you go, okay, they were able to earn more money. Maybe the guy went and negotiated a salary with his boss. Maybe he went back to college. Maybe the wife picked up a second job. Or maybe they invested their money instead of just saved it. I promise you when I see stories like that, I'll try to tell you my side of it. Travis Klanick said cloud kitchens would transform restaurants. So far, it hasn't really lived up to the hype. I think it's a little early. I'm not a cloud kitchen investor. I don't know the investments yet. But I do know that one of the biggest problems with retail and with restaurants is size of spaces. And in California, and I don't know about the rest of the country, food trucks are a big thing. And a lot of people are, you know, using food trucks as an, uh, an alternative to restaurants. And another alternative to restaurants for restaurants would be to use food kitchens, especially since we're doing a lot of delivery. Um, a company like a McDonald's, they can have an industrial food kitchen that could serve a 20-mile radius instead of putting 20 different restaurants in or 40 different restaurants in that 20-mile radius for the delivery, but not for the dine-in restaurant service. Now, again, when you think about McDonald's, are you thinking about dining in restaurant? No. Typically, that experience is not, is not good. You find a table that probably has some ketchup and some some like 
salt or you're not quite sure what that substance is on top of the table. You're like, ooh, gross. And the, the mother who has got kids and she's always got diaper wipes, baby wipes. She, she wipes the table with that and like, that's fine. And then right next to you, you see a mother changing her baby on top of the table and you're like, oh, that's gross. So I think cloud kitchens could be part of the ecosystem. And what I want to say right here right now is ecosystem. There's a great book by a guy named Moore, M-O-O-R-E. It's called The Death of Competition. It's probably the most important business book that I ever read that really wasn't about business. Somehow he was able to blend the ecosystem of Hawaii and the rainforests around the world and kind of say, okay, this is what you need to know. For us to have video games, we have to have semiconductors and CPUs. And for that, you also need GPUs. Now you're going to need DRAM. And he started laying out the ecosystem as, okay, these are the big monkeys. These are the small monkeys. These are the fleas on the monkeys. And he kind of started, like saying the difference between Walmart and Kmart, and he gives a great example of the 1950s. Walmart said, let's go after rural America, set up one store that could feed into eight small cities, whereas Kmart said, let's set up 10 stores inside New York City to feed off one city. And the winner was Walmart. Walmart got into using computers long before Kmart did. It's all in the death of competition. It's, it's a book that I still read every two or three years uh, because it's a nice reminder of, of what I believe in. I don't like a lot of tech books. I don't like a lot of business books. I prefer my time to be, be spent on, on different angles of business, like the psychological versus the – I started a company and this is how I did it with the three C's of capitalism. But I think cloud kitchens have a place in our ecosystem. In large part because of the millennials. Millennials are okay with Netflix, Netflix and chill and like, let's go order food and watch TV. That's a night for them. My generation, I wanted to take you to a movie. I want to take you to a restaurant. And then if I got lucky, the night would end with like, hey, Kind of want to come in for dessert or something, something, something. And that's been replaced with staying at home and ordering food in. And that's where kitchens could do well with ghost kitchens or cloud kitchens, as they're called. Some operators of restaurants have reservations. Company's persistent sales force has secured some of the industry's best-known brands like Chick-fil-A, Wingstop, Noodles & Company, Capriati's. Um, ghost kitchens are strategically placed in densely populated cities where delivery of burgers, burritos, fried chicken sandwiches, and rice bowls are in hot demand. It's still too early to say if that's going to work or not, but I'm not writing it off. And again, there's no investment on the table for me to see. The sneaker market is now worth the company that is the king of it. It's called the greatest of all time. Greatest of all time group group. Their valuation now is $3.7 billion. September of last year, reselling of sneakers was a $1.8 billion market. In one year, it's doubled. I don't understand sneakers. I can tell you my kid got a pair of high tops that have something unique to them, and he probably saw it on TikTok. And uh, I don't get it, but I'm watching it and saying, I'm blaming it on the millennials. SpaceX Starlink could go public. That'd be another win for both Tesla and Elon Musk. SpaceX. Pay attention to that story in the coming weeks. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Microsoft just announced its newest version of Windows, the first one in six years, which is an eternity comparing to what happened in tech in the last six years. 
Microsoft stock is doing well because of that headline. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. That's Rob Black Show, robblackshow.com, and all over social media, Rob Black Show.